What's up, everybody? This is Carmine Davis, and you are listening to The Carmine Davis Show. What is up? What's popping? What's popping? I want to go ahead and apologize already. The girls are up. My, you know, if you're just tuning in, oh, if you're just tuning in, make sure that you follow, subscribe, like, rate, and review this podcast. I don't do it for my health, but if you are also just now tuning in, this is your first episode. You are brand new to the show. Um, you know, I have two girls, my my babies, uh, Pink and Luna. They are up. Uh, we just got from a walk, but they it started raining, so we couldn't do our like hour hour and a half walk. So they're a little still, a little amp. So if you hear anything little paws clicking around that's them okay and then luna likes to lay up next to me and sleep so if you hear some snoring it's not a motorcycle it's just my baby sleeping right next to me but anyway how the hell are you how the fuck are you bitch like i'm gucci i'm good i am chillington on this a beautiful day um besides the fact that i have a sty in my eye it's the first time i had a sty i remember my mom had a sty in her eye when I was like in high school and I used to just make fun of her like I'm like I thought somebody tagged her eye if you know anything about um my mouth you know I get it honest from my mom but my mom was a little bit more thug so I used to think that she had gotten into a fight and she just didn't want to tell me you know like she lost a fight but now this I know this sty ain't no bitch like oh my god like I've been trying to wear like glasses and stuff like that I've been keeping a, a, a like a warm compress on it and I'm very vain very vain i don't play about my face or anything like that so this has just been a real the last week i've been really humbled (laughs) um but anyway y'all didn't come here to hear my mumbo jumbo let's hop into it um the first segment is always the hot topic this hot topic is no different um wait 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 hold on hold on hold on hold on i can't start the show without talking about a loss that we got this week oh my goodness rest in peace suzanne douglas um she was like i wanted her to play my mom on my like a, a story loosely based on my life i wanted her to play my mom it was either her or lynn whitfield i felt like would capture but neither one of them my mom was a, like i said my mom was something else but in, just for all extents and purposes i thought that intense and I'm also a little wind up, so excuse me. <laughs> but I wanted her to play my mom. Um, her or Lynn Whitfield to play my mother, but neither one of them were anything like my mom. I don't know too many black actresses that were like my mom, so the pickings were slim. But rest in peace, Suzanne Douglas. Oh my God. She played on In the House. Um, didn't she play, uh, she played on a lot of things, Google her and like, let's pray for her family and all that. So, um, okay. Um, more mess. Okay. So this hot topic is coming from lovebscott.com. Shout out to lovebscott.com. Um, our old faithful. Thank you so much. Uh, Lamar Odom compares Carly Red to shit during online spat. Okay. So. There was a time when Lamar Odom and Carly Red were suspected of being the new ick love and hip hop couple, but they've been warning, warring on social media for days. Okay. Backstory. I don't know who the fuck Carly Red is. And I don't know who Lamar Odom is. 
So just letting y'all know. Okay. Um, it started after a video of Carly stating that she's dating Lamar emerged online. Quickly clarifying, Lamar then stated in an Instagram comment that he's single. Carly also echoed the sentiment, saying that it was an old interview and she's dating a new man currently. Um Further denying that she's in a relationship with a former professional basketball player, former being the word, um, the TV personality then wrote on her Twitter account, it would have never worked because he needs rehab, not a relationship or a situationship. It didn't take long before Lamar caught wind of the apparent diss and fired back at Carly. Anything to stay relevant, he's... He shaded the VH1 personality in an Instagram post on Wednesday, July the 7th. I generally do not address this type of message, but come on. At I am Carly Red, what is this about? He went on to say, listen, me being in recovery is no secret. I've made some amazing strides and I no longer do drugs. Hashtag facts. However, the former husband of Khloe Kardashian added, but I do not. I do need rehab. I'm sorry. But I do need rehab. I need to be rehabilitated from my attraction to toxic, bitter, unhealthy relationships with women who need therapy more than they need me. God damn. Concluding his jab at Carly, Lamar bragged about marrying one of the Kardashian sisters. Oh my goodness. Okay. Now I'm not going to go low like you're doing, taking jabs. Tell lies because. At the end of the day, I was married to a Kardashian, so anything less than that is like going from sugar to shit. Okay, 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 okay. I'm going to finish this. I'm going to finish this drop. But pause. I want to say that one more time. Run it back, run it back. Okay, so... I was married to a Kardashian, so anything less than that is like going from sugar to shit. You see how you niggas do? You see how you niggas do? Okay, so, okay, all right. So, Lamar and Carly sparked dating rumors after they were captured on camera cozying up to each other at a nightclub in a video that circulated online back in April. The 41-year-old hunk put his arms around Carly's shoulder as they swayed their bodies right and left. Um, Lamar and Carly didn't even hang out that long and this didn't have to go so left or, okay. Now there's another, no, wait, hold on. So now there is a, um, recent, like, or like in the past where Lamar is literally, um, uh, okay. I'm not going there. Okay. Okay, okay. That's a lot to to take in. There's so much wrong with this situation that is it's crazy. This is crazy. Like I I don't know who neither one of these motherfuckers are. I don't I don't I don't I know them, but I don't know them. Do you know what I'm saying? So like um I thought it was interesting his comment that he made about the Kardashians and going from the Kardashians to that would be like sugar to shit. Okay. (sighs) What what do I want to say? Okay. Let's start from the top. Okay. Carly red and them, they were dating for a little while. Okay. So 
I know what that's like, you know, when you're dating someone for a short period of time, but a lot of, they really do trigger you. Like these people can be around you for a day or two and they really do, will tr- they can really trigger something in you that makes you like, you know, you could beef with this person forever because of these last two weeks that y'all spent together. These are people who trigger something in you. And now I understand why Carly Red might be triggered by Lamar. And I understand why Lamar might be triggered by Carly. Um, just off this alone. Uh, Carly, I don't know anything about her, but she's a woman of color. So I can tell you right now that nobody hates women of color more than black men. And um, oh, no, other women of color hate women of color. Color just as much as black men do, but they only hate women of color because they weren't taught to love women of color by the men of color in their lives or, um, but that's neither here nor there, or it's actually right here. Actually, it's actually right here. Um, but Lamar also compared her to the Kardashians comparing her to shit compared to the sugar of the Kardashian clan, um, the KKK. Okay, so the Kardashian club clan is what I, okay, so I want y'all to, first of all, stop comparing women, really. Like, I want y'all to stop doing that. And then I want y'all to stop comparing, um, Carly Red is what I think Kim's and Chloe's new face wants to look like. She's a pretty girl. And I think my issue with it is, is that y'all love to put these white bitches on a pedestal. I know they're Armenian. Okay, whatever. They haven't been Armenian in the last couple of faces. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, like the last, like, six facelifts or something, face arrangements, face transplant. Chloe got a face transplant to look like what Carly Red looks like. So... Maybe he meant, okay, let's say that he's talking about as far as status. But their status is only because of men like Lamar and um, Kanye or the black men that they constantly obliterate. Like, and... Okay, I'm not going to do this. This is not about to be a Kardashian read special. I want y'all to stop doing that and comparing women of color to white women. I want y'all to stop doing that right now. All right? Black women and women of color walk on water. Um, White women, um, y'all are moving puddles around for these bitches. Y'all are creating dams and things for these women. Um, Black women simply walk on them. Women of color seem to, Latin, Asian, all of them tend to walk on water. Y'all are building dams and, 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 um, valley, like peak, like y'all are doing all these things. So these white women can walk through, but black women tend to walk on all of this on top of everything. So there is no comparison. And I I don't dislike white women. You know, my best friend is white, you know, but, but. I want people to understand that when it comes to comparing um, the beauty and all those things, don't, don't compare beauty, period. But when it comes to women of color, especially as a black man, my mother was black. So I know. My auntie was black. 
my aunties, my grandma, my all of them, they were black. So I know they were black women. So I already know the beauty that black women possess. As And I feel like sometimes black men forget that. Your mama was a black woman and she wouldn't want to be compared to the white bitch down the street. Two different struggles. That's a fact. So I felt like Lamar, every time I hear about Lamar, he constantly loses me. I feel like Lamar is black boy gone lost. I don't, I'm not going to say that, that he wasn't that way before the Kardashians. Um, but apparently, according to him, they're very powerful. So why wouldn't they be the reason why he's gone down the hole? You know what I mean? Like, or shit, they didn't help the nigga. I know if he would have got with a black woman, they would have definitely made sure your ass stayed in rehab. I would have never let you sit up there and attack another black woman who you were seeing canoodling around. She was all good when you were in the motherfucking club with this bitch. It was sugar then. It was all sweet then. Now you want to say she's shit? Now, I don't know Carly Red. I don't know her. I've heard of her. I think I've reported something about her one time or another. Um, but I don't know her. I don't watch VH1. I don't watch um, any of that stuff. But I, I, I've binge watched Love and Hip Hop. Um, sometimes I got high one day and I was eating and I was just like something. Yeah, I need something juicy to watch. But I don't know what she's on. I don't know her. I know she's beautiful. I know she's a woman of color. And I know she demands, she deserves respect. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, make sure you click the link in the description. Read it yourself. I thought this was wild. I want y'all to stop that shit. Right now. Like, that is crazy to me. And the Kardashians are not sugar, honey. Like, that is crazy. People still think to me, I think they think the Kardashians are the pinnacle. This the, They got here because of pornography let's not forget that let's not forget that a sex tape made these women's career where while a blunt can really ruin a woman's whole career a black woman's whole career the same thing that would have y'all would have ripped a black woman apart for is what y'all praise the kardashians for never forget that never forget that and that's the reality of them. No offense. Like, you know, but let's, we have to be real and honest about the situation. Like, let's just be for real. Let's be for real. Let's be honest. Like, why not? Why not? <laughs> why not? Like, let's keep it real. Like, I think that's crazy. Anyway. Let's move on, child. Okay. Um, let's move on to the second segment. Um, it goes to the artist spotlight, and um, where we talk about artists, groups, um, bands, um, albums, songs, concept concerts, um, that I love or that I want people to know or have interest in or that I want to reiterate or bring back up or you know what I mean. And this is no different. Um, we haven't done an artist's. Um, particular spotlight where we talk about an artist that may have been kind of thrown to the wayside, but who had such an amazing impact in my career and in music that we all listen to. And this week, I want to talk about um, someone who I have constantly uh, loved and I've had a love for since I was a kid. Um, my mom used to listen to this album 
um, all the time when we used to go on road trips. This is how I kind of got my real love for R&B. And you know, my, mom, my mom, like current R&B, my mom, my auntie was a DJ, so I listened to everything, whether it was current hip-hop, old school, um, 70s funk, or anything like that. All that I got from my um, aunt. But current R&B, real groovy, all that music. The music that I kind of want to make is all my mom and my mom used to listen to this one particular um artist all the time and she used to keep the cd on loop and it was called the timeless album by big bub now okay so i thought about big bub a lot after watching the mary j black documentary which we talked about last week and i one thing i love about big bub was that his timeless album to me was the male epitome of um or i would say the male um what i say it was the male kind of correspondent to the middle ground between mary j blige's my life and uh faith evans's faith album and the if you ever really get a chance to listen to the album you'll see what i'm talking about because he actually worked on both those albums and the timeless album is amazing i always loved big bub's um record zoom his cover of zoom um his uh, song Call Me. All those songs were amazing. I loved his voice and I loved his sound. I loved his style. And so I really wanted to dive, dive, like, dive deep into his story and his legacy. So soul vocalist Lee Drakeford led the New Jersey Quartet today, which he started out in um, through several top five R&B hits during the late 80s. After the group split up in the early 90s, Drakeford began a successful solo career during recording as big bub his debut album coming at you earned the top 40 entries for the singles i don't mind and telling me stories and drakenford i hope i'm saying it drakeford began producing and working on sessions as a background vocalist he later signed to the new classic soul label kadar entertainment also the home of erica badu his sophomore album timeless also did well on the r&b charts his third release the takeover appeared in 2000 okay um the thing about big bub is that um i admired how he ushered in so many of these great sounds okay so let's go through running through his credit so just in case i think i'm just bringing up big bub casually like you know who um big bub is you know (laughs) Big Bub wrote, let's run down his, let's run down his resume. Okay. All right. Besides being one of the best male R&B vocalists that I've ever really heard, um, he has at least 76 known credits. Okay. So let's run them down. He's worked with Snoop Dogg on 2017. Um, he was a featured artist on his 2017 album, Never Left. Um, he wrote, of course, on Mary J. Blige's My Life Too, The Journey Continues. Um, which, which one did he write? Okay. He wrote, what did he write on My Life Too? Here's a list of all his, I don't see. He must've had a sample. Okay. He wrote Touch by Johnny Gill, um, Physical Thing by Black Street. Um, let's see what else he wrote. Don't Be Afraid by Heavy D. He wrote a lot of songs called Don't Be Afraid. <laughs> don't Be, Don't Go, Don't Be Afraid. He wrote Don't Be Afraid with um, Heavy D. And he also um, wrote 
Where did we go wrong? Or where did our love go by case? These are songs that he wrote. Let's see where he did a lot of background vocals, um, which I love. He he did a uh, I love his voice on a lot of people's records. He wrote. Um, he was on the Luther Vandross album. He worked with Raekwon. Johnny Gill. Horace Brown. Oh, come on now. Um, he did a lot. I don't see his work with, with Faith Evans. I know he was on that Faith Evans album. You gotta believe. You gotta believe, gotta believe in me. You gotta believe in me that I won't let. Girl, I I love that arrangement. That was such big bub. Like you gotta believe, you gotta believe, gotta believe in me. You gotta believe in me. I love that motherfucking, like, that arrangement and that huskiness to his voice and how Mary came in and, um, what songs did he do with Faith Evans? This is going to drive me crazy. I don't know. I know that he was on the Faith album. What song was it? Wow. Okay, so he was not. It says here that he wasn't credited on the Faith Faith album. Why? Why do I remember him being in the Faith album? Mary J. Blige is credited. Did you know they took her off that album? Okay, maybe I'm tripping. So maybe he wasn't on the Faith album. I know I heard him though. I know because Big Bub has that voice that's so distinct that you can hear anywhere. What song did I hear him on? That's going to drive me crazy. Either way, I feel like Big Bub, regardless of even if what he did was just faith alone, the sound that he like helped usher in and helped really create a sound or a, a soundscape for Mary J. Blige, if not just Mary, you know, Raquan, like just adding those hip hop hooks and bringing some soul and some I don't know how to explain it I don't know how to explain it it's it's like he he created he gave it some he was like the chicken stock in it or something like 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 in the like I don't know how to explain it like he brought so much flavor I'm telling y'all, go back and listen to Faith Evans. Go listen to Biggie, um, not Biggie, uh, Big Bub's Timeless album, and then go back to listen to Mary J. Blige's My Life album, and then go listen to Faith's album. Faith. He's on that album. Maybe I wanted him to be. Okay, anyway, besides his faith, his work with, uh, he's done enough with Mary. That, him kind of doing the a lot of the a good deal of the lifting 
on Mary's My Life album is enough for him to have notoriety. And the fact that he did a lot of work previous to that, you know, I want people to go back and I want you to check him out. And that's that. Um, moving on <laughs> to the love and relationship segment. I just couldn't get Big Bub out of my head. And like seeing his exchange with Mary and then like following him, I just find him just like he's a genius. I think that his work alone on Timeless is enough to be noted. I want y'all to take a spin on that. Um, okay, but our last segment is our love, relationship, and sex segment. Uh, we always talk about stuff that is a little taboo, a little bit of um, some things that are a little revealing. Sometimes that breaks our heart about love and some advice, some relationship stuff. Sometimes we get real nasty and talk about some real sexy stuff. Before we get into that, make sure you follow, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast just in case you are just now tuning in or whatever. Um, and this week is no different, but I want to take a pause and like talk to, um, I want to talk about something that I've kind of been known to talk about, but we kind of brush it to the side a lot. And that is, um, this thing called bro code. Now I, this is, this is not going to help me win the male vote, I guess. Um, but there's this thing called bro code. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. You've probably heard of it one way where bro code is, you know, you look out for another bro and all that, but in the quote, like the, the gay world, bro code is something different. I'm going to break it down for y'all. Um, real, real quick and give you my take on it. Um, and I think it's something that needs to be exposed because it is affecting people's lives. Um, it's, it's affecting people's mental, people's sexual health. And I think this is something that people need to know. Um, and it comes back to how I talk about all the time about how a lot of men particularly um, feel as though they can do whatever they want. You know, a lot of t- without repercussions, especially white men, but even black men, they also feel like as though they are above the law or they are above, um, emotional, like, okay, let me explain. So bro code is something that people tend to, this is okay. For my ladies or, or people who have no idea what this, you could be a bro and have no idea what this is about. If you've never heard of this bro code, use Okay, imagine how women tend to have like girlfriends that they may have been experimenting with and they're, they they get that room and they have that platform to be honest about um, their sexuality and their experimenting, um, their experimentation or, um, yeah, you know, last night we got, we had some red wine and she's so gorgeous, son. So we just kissed and then I grazed her breasts and one thing led to another we were massaging each other's areolas and I went down and tasted her and it tasted like cherries and whipped cream you know that kind of thing and but I think there's this common misconception that that doesn't happen with men at all and especially the oh, you know man hell no nah. stay away from with that gay shit bro like hell no nah. like what the fuck like hell i don't do that gay shit bro get out hell no nah. you know that kind of little <laughs> that type of man there's this thing called bro code right so 
bro code is where two guys that particularly tend to be they could be lifelong friends that seemingly are hetero or bi one of them is gay and the other one considers himself straight or both of them consider themselves straight or both of them are gay but they tend to sexually experiment with each other usually when there's alcohol or drugs are involved too and they keep it in the group Sometimes it's two, sometimes it's more than two guys, sometimes it's a group of guys that have, you know, um, this thing called bro code, where they discuss and they do things with each other um, sexually or experiment sexually, and they take it to the grave, basically, or um, they are very quiet about it, you don't talk about it. And I wanted to, it, it dawned on me because a lot of the open gay people that I know have dealt with someone who is I, I say it all the time in my show um how majority of my relationships I don't know what it is and I know that we're with quote unquote hetero men and it's not something that I sought out or something that I ask for it's not something that I aspire to there was a lot of especially in college when I was growing up there was always this thing called catching trade. You know, you wanted to get trade. Girl, I had trade in my room last night. Like that was attracted to people, but I never saw myself as someone dating someone who wasn't interested in me. You know what I mean? Like, but who who couldn't come out and just be like, this is who I date. But for some odd reason, that was always how I ended up dating or the ones I ended up dating. Whether they end up like I inspire them to come out or they never really address the situation or they keep it between me and them. But there is this thing where most of the time that 98% of the time you're never their first gay or your their first gay experience. These are men who know what the fuck they're doing. Okay. Like really know what they're doing in the boudoir, whatever. They know what the fuck they're doing. It's because they were probably raised. Sometimes the bro is not just some stranger, like some some friend. Sometimes it's a cousin. It's an unfortunately it's an uncle. Sometimes it's a some weird ex, times it is a father. Like it, it it gets really seedy sometimes in these relationships. And these are people who taught them everything they know sexually. Um, whether it is how to probably prepare for sex or whether it's how to pro- properly execute sex who to how to pick their partners who to talk to about it who not to the code of it all how to be in a room full of people and know exactly who's down and who's not there is a whole underbelly ladies and gentlemen of men that are out here sticking to the bro code looking for bros, just looking for bros, you know, I'm with my bros, you know, and that could mean one thing and it could mean another. And I find that it's a little chilling sometimes, even though I have been on the other side of it, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like you're talking to somebody and they refer to you as a bro or a friend and they are eating your ass until you explode, you know? Or they are someone who you take seriously. And there's always that thing where you have to keep it to yourself. You have to, and they'll lie. Like a lot of times these guys will, if they do get out it, they'll lie and they'll flip it on that particular person, you know, as if that person was dreaming. A lot of times these are happen with married men. 
Um, a lot of married men I know have a lot of my friends who have dated or been out with men who they found out were married or knew the whole time they were married. They tend to assassinate their entire character, making it seem like they're undesirable, that they don't want them or anything, only to just come around and try to fix it with them later on. To continue the relationship, but make it sort of like a warning shot, if that makes any sense, like. Yeah, you know, you tried to expose me, but now you out here looking crazy. Come and suck my dick and keep your mouth shut, basically. I don't know if I'm losing y'all or not. So in order to kind of wrap it back. Okay, so I got this article from The Cut. Uh, shout out to The Cut. And it's called, What Straight Men Have, Why Straight Men Have Sex With other, Each Other. Okay, so there's a pl- pretty clear gender divide in how Americans deal with straight people who dabble in gay activity. When heterosexual women make out with one another at a bar or a party, it's generally understood that they are simply playing around for attention or exploring their fluid space that is a fe- that is female sexuality. When heterosexual men hook up with each other, on the other hand, is seen as an act of desperation. Think men who are locked up or an indication that while they may claim to be straight, they really aren't. Think disgraced GOP members of Congress. When straight women hook up with other straight women, no real explanation is required. When straight men hook up with one another, it's a different story. The divide stems from a common understanding of human sexuality. The female variety of its more malleable, more inherently open to experimentation and variety than the male variety. In not gay, sex between straight men... Out last month from the NYU Press, Jane Ward, an associate professor of women's studies at the University of California, Riverside, makes the case that this is a flawed understanding. In doing so, she shows that homosexual contact has been a regular feature of heterosexual life ever since the concept of homo and heterosexuality were first created. Not just in prisons and frat houses and the military, but in the biker gangs and even conservative suburban suburban neighborhoods. Given how prevalent this behavior is in so many different sorts of settings... Ward suggests it's time to stop explaining it away and argues that society's conception of male heterosexuality is unrealistic, um, is an unrealistic expedite one. Um, there seems to be this idea that women can do it without being seen as gay, while with men, either there's some explanation that can explain it or they're gay and just don't realize or won't acknowledge it. She answers right. And it's not just sort of conventional wisdom or conservative ideology that teaches that. I think there's been a lot of sexological, sexological and psychological research suggesting that men's sexuality is more rigid than women's, that women are inherently more sexually fluid. And what I argue in the book is that even the research is situated within some long held beliefs that about the fundamental difference between men and women that are not accurate from the feminist perspective. It is interesting because if you look at the belief that women Women's sexuality is more receptive, it's more fluid, it's triggered by external stimuli, that women have the capacity to be sort of aroused by anything and everything. It really just reinforces what we want to believe about women, which is that women are always sexually available people. With men, on the other hand, the idea that they have this hardwired heterosexual impulse to spread their seed and that that's relatively inflexible, also kind of reinforces the, I, the party line about heteronormality and also, frankly, patriarchy. So one selling point for me in the book was to think about why are we telling really different stories about women's sexualities? 
Um, she goes on to talk about in this interview. I want to. I want to um, let you guys read it. It's the link in the um, um, description box where she talks basically more in depth about how um, the fact that women think that they are more forward by being more sexually fluid and that they're able to experiment, but ideally thinking that men's sexuality is more rigid, stern, you're either one thing or you're the other, makes, that actually brings us all light years behind. And because of this shame that is brought over to men to keep up with that old trite, you know what I mean? Like it, it creates a lot of shame and anger in the community. Um, whether it's gay community where they come into our lives and come to experiment, use us and um, put us to the side or build relationships with us that they can never officially commit to because of societal norms, family, women in their lives who secretly, let's keep it real, um, hate gays, you know what I mean? And, and have stilled homophobia in these men. You know, it it creates such a complex, um, it creates such a complex uh, relationship that people, men, especially who see themselves as heterosexual, um, it creates such a complex relationship with sex. And I think that that's where the shame comes in, why these men could sit around and lie to these women for years. I talk about this on the show all the time about how I literally have been with men who are married, seemingly happily married, or not even knowing, like, you won't know, like, and you think that, that they, oh, you're the homewrecker, you're the problem, but in reality, these niggas won't tell you until they just disappear on you, and be like, my wife, um, found this, and I can't, I can't talk much, but they always come back, or they always try to find their way back into your life. And then at this point, you've gone out on trips with this motherfucker. You've done this, that, and the third. Gone out and eat. You built a whole relationship and had no idea that there was another bitch involved in the whole process. Or a whole family or a child or any of this stuff. And because of the shame and all that that started from the root, there's nothing you can compete with with that. You have to go around and lie and tell um, this person, like, telling everybody that you're just friends and all this, that, and that, well, y'all are dog-fucking the shit out of each other. You know what I mean? Like, it's... Uh, and all of that is wrapped up into this bro code you're supposed to adhere to. I'm not your bro. You know what I mean? Like, to me, I there's no shame in my game. I'm very gay. And if I chose to kind of dip and dabble in a lady pond, I would be honest about that. Y'all would hear it first on this show. <laughs> but that the, the reality of it is, is that I am just one lane and a fucking free for all um, road that is like kind of tucked away and like hidden, if that makes any sense. Like there are so many different walks of lives and i think that this whole bro code thing supports that while it's also hurting the per people who who are keeping these secrets and i guess my question would be is to what are we doing as um a people to keep men in such a place where they cannot feel um sexually free like we 
we put the women, like the situation where we put the women in, or um, you know what I mean? And 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 why do they care so much about? what other people think of them why do we punish them for being open and fluid and honest about how they feel sexually why do we shun them and make them choose a box either you gay you straight either gay you straight you buy no such thing my best friend talks to me about that all the time about how he feels as though he can't tell people how he's bisexual because they will just be like you're gay and there's so many spectrums and different colors and different shades of sexuality that women get to explore freely without question. There's no conversation about it. Y'all, last night, me and Amanda, um, after a wild night, we had shots of Casamigos and <laughs> we just went back to her place and then the it was just so hot in there. And uh, she was like, I have some panties that you can eat, you know, on my box. You can munch my box. And I was like, girl. <laughs> Aren't you dating David? Uh, he doesn't mind. You know, he loves it. Um, so we bumped purses and ate each other's butts until the sun rose. And it's just this whole beautiful poetic moment when women experience, but experiment. But this has been stuff that's been men's been doing since the Greek times. You know, like and it's still such a shame and it 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 affects so many different type of relationships and i think also because men also have this thing where they can turn it off or they have built this whole like wall of shame that is so strong that is so impenet um impenetrable like it's 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 tragic and then they just keep hurting people in reality, but nobody's more hurt than these men. And they're still... So you you build this community that is kind of locked and keyed with this whole bro code thing. You know what I mean? Like, you have to keep it locked. And in order for that bro code to survive and to make it, um, it has to be... Uh, a lot of men assert themselves in different ways, whether it is that they are screaming homophobics, you know, but they are literally on these dating apps trying to get sucked up by the nearest queer that's in their vicinity. Um, or they are literally just quietly figuring it out and they are not able to be themselves you know, not being able to tell their parents about this whole sexualization or their girlfriends, you know what I mean? And it's all under this bro code. And there's a lot of men who deal with it. They build relationships under this bro code. They've been friends for years and know, know nothing about each other. And they are fucking and sucking each other on the regular while their wives are gone, going on trips together and all this stuff like that. It's, it's just something that I felt like people need to know about. Not in a sense of exposing, but in a sense of getting to the root of it all and wanting people to have real conversations with each other and honest talks, especially in the quote unquote heterosexual. To me, to wrap this all up, to let y'all know, I don't believe in, I don't believe that anybody is 100% straight. That's impossible. That's impossible. Like, that's no way. And I know there's some nigga being like, see, this is why I want to listen to this shit. You know, but in reality, like, let's keep it real with ourselves. Like, there is a man out there that you find attractive. 
Because it's not about that. It, attraction is way more than that. It's it's not about who has a dick and penis or an ass or a pussy or titties. It's mental. It's all in your mind. It's in your soul. And it starts there. Sometimes someone can stir something in you that really fucks you up for a very long time. And they are same sex. They are non-binary. They are trans. They are a woman. They are all kind of things. And you should be able to experiment that, learn about it, and get educated on it so you can make the best decisions for your sexual health, your mental health, and your physical health. And that's where I'm going to leave it. Let me know if y'all know anything about the bro code. Um, tweet me at Carmine Davis, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis show, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis. Um, if you've I've never heard of this term used sexually or in the sense of like interchangeably with the DL community or anything like that, um, you know, let me know. Let me know if you've ever heard of it. Tell me your experience. If you've experienced with it, let me know. Tweet me. Holler at me. We'll talk about it on the next show. Um, I'm interested in hearing about this. Um, but Anyway, I think that's the best way to wrap it. I'm about to go to Los Rios and get something to eat, get something to drink or Las Tacaracas, like my friend calls it. And I love y'all. And I will see y'all next week. Bye.